Romans chapter 5 verse 8 For God commended his love towards us In that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us So it's not about what we have done Or what we will ever do It's about his love for us I can boldly tell you That it's not about what you have done It's not about what you are doing It's not about what you will ever do God loves you And you need to realize that because he loves you He will not lead you in what you are going through to us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Oh, come on, somebody celebrate Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Uh, quite a number of churches are going to be resuming on September 6th uh, of next month. September, praise God. Uh, but we started immediately. Uh, we were released to fellowship together. Glory to God. <clears throat> Hallelujah. And um, some people are still skeptical about coming to the house of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. But we'll be here. We'll be waiting for them. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. So good to see Sheena this morning. Praise God. Can we celebrate him? Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you so much for coming this morning. Hallelujah. I wish I could just carry him and put him on the drums. Praise God. So that he would do it the way he used to do it back then. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. All right. We're still going to welcome Shino and the people that came with him and all our first timers that may join us during the course of the service uh, at the appropriate time. Praise God. Uh, but let's quickly go into the word of God for this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Um, I'd like you to open your Bibles firstly this morning to the book of Genesis chapter 14, um, verse 20. Uh, that is where we're going to be starting from. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Um, it's been interesting running through this particular series, uh, understanding church and money. Praise God. Uh, because the two has a lot to do together. Hallelujah. Uh, you cannot separate church from money because it's essential for the driving of the gospel. Hallelujah. Uh, and I tell people this, that um, in fact, even on the face of the earth, there's hardly anything that you want to do that you will not require money. Praise God. Uh, you want to get the best of life, you need money. Praise God. Uh, the best of education, you need money. You want to wear the best of clothes. I mean, there's, there's, there's virtually... Um, I mean, uh, maybe nothing, next to nothing that you want to do on the face of the earth that you will not require money for. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And that's why money is powerful. That's why I believe Jesus made that statement he made. We read it at the beginning of this study that you either choose to serve God or money. That no man can have two masters. And if Jesus said no man can have two masters, and he's saying God and money, that means God is a master, then who is the second master? Oh, come on, talk to me now. Who is the second master? That means money is also a master. Glory to God. And I told us that Jesus was putting God and money in the same class. Praise God. You know, have you read in the Bible where the Bible says money answered all things? Have you read it before? As in, he answered all... <laughs> is that powerful? Praise God. He answered all things. Praise God. Even though we know there are some things that does, money does not answer to be, does not answer to money. Praise God. Hallelujah. But I mean, it's it's that powerful. Praise God. 
And Jesus said you have to choose between one of them. Either you serve God or you serve money. Praise God. I don't really want to go back to where we're coming from. And just in case you're coming here for the first time, uh, we would give you the link to uh, the church podcast so that you can listen uh, to the previous part so that you know where we've been coming from and how we got to where we are today. Praise God. All of those series have been uploaded on the church podcast so that you can um, go there and listen to them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, on Wednesday, which was the last um, uh, class before this particular morning, I was talking about the minister, you know, and money. Praise God. Because, you know, I told us that most times when people look at church, they can't seem to separate church and the pastor. Are you following me? Most times when people say church, in their mind, somewhere in their mind, they are thinking of the pastor of the church. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So, I, I, I spoke extensively, you know, about the minister, you know, and money, about church. It's still church and money. Praise God. But we looked at the life of Apostle Paul as he was going from one region to another, going about the work of the gospel, and we saw how different churches were supporting the work he was doing. Glory to God. In fact, when you read in the book of Corinthians, we read that, praise God, uh, where he was serving the Corinthian church, he was ministering to the Corinthian church, and he was not collecting wage from the Corinthian church. The word wage, as used in the Bible in that text, was talking about salary. Glory to God. Because, you know, these are days that people are saying pastors should not be on salary from the church. Everybody should go and work. Praise God. And one of the things that I've dealt with during the course of this series is the fact that if all of us decide to go to work, maybe 8 to, is it 8 to 5 they call it? Praise God. All of us decide to go to work 8 to 5, praise God, and we decide to do the gospel part-time. Now, if that has been the way it has been done, when Jesus handed the gospel over to the disciples, the gospel probably may not have got into you. Oh, come on, do you agree with me? Come on, do you agree with me? Praise the Lord. Because people will come and they will argue that Paul was a tent maker. That Paul was doing the Paul had the business he was running by the side. So every minister should do this and all that. There shouldn't be full-time ministers. There's, there are people who, who try to argue it. Praise God. That Paul had a job he was doing. He had the work he was doing. But listen to me. I don't know how people read their Bibles. Praise God. Is it possible that I have a job that I report to for tonight and I keep traveling the kind of traveling that Paul is traveling? Praise God. And he will go to China. They will, do you understand what I'm saying? They will imprison him. He will be there for six months in prison. And he has a work to attend to. Are you following me? Are you following me? But you know, like uh, Pastor Pule made a statement yesterday that I love. He said, you see, whatever you want to justify using scriptures, you'll be able to justify it. Whatever. Whatever. So people come from that angle. But if people will sit down and think critically, you will know that, see, the time that Paul said he was making tent was at a time he was not getting support from the church. So he had to find a way to take care of himself and also do the work that he needed to do. Are you following me? But at different points in time, you will see the writings of Paul. I will show the Macedonian church, they sent relief materials to him. Did you read it? Come on, did you read it? He will commend the Philippian church, how they supported the work he was doing. Glory to God. And he was in some places that he was doing the work of the ministry. He was not collecting salary. He was not taking anything. He was just ministering to those people because he had support from some other saints. Are you following me? Glory to God. 
for himself and for the work that he is doing. Hallelujah. Because don't just think that the monies and the relief materials were for him alone. Go back and listen to Wednesday teaching. Praise God. All of those texts are there. Because in one of it, he mentioned that you met my necessity. The things that I require, the things that I need. Glory to God. And you see, when a man is cut out for the work of the gospel, and the things that he needs are not provided for him, glory to God, one of the things that he does is that his attention is divided. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I think I mentioned on Wednesday while I was teaching. Come on, you need to really go back and listen to that particular teaching. Very interesting and awesome. At a particular point in time in my life, during the course of my ministry, I had to dabble in some things. Glory to God. I had to do some things to take care of my needs, take care of the needs of my family, and all of that. And I can tell you that my attention was divided. Glory to God. It was divided. I could not, you know, <laughs> glory to God. You know, there's something about focus. When you focus on a particular thing, all your energy is channeled into that thing. But when you say, let me do this and this, you understand? Your focus is now divided. Hallelujah. That's where the word, you know, the word vision means you are looking at a singular thing. But when you have die vision, that means you are looking at two things. And when you are looking at two things, that means you are already divided. Are you following me? Glory to God. So, let's go back to this teaching and listen to them again and again. But this morning, what we want to deal with, because it's also a very important part of uh, understanding church and money that we need to deal with, we want to deal with the issue of tithes. Somebody say tithes. Somebody say tithes. You know, if I would say it like they say it, you say if you, if you don't tithe, things will be tight for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now the word tight showed up firstly in scriptures in the book of Genesis chapter 14 that I asked you to open to. And one of the reasons why I asked you to open to that first place that the word tight showed up is because when you go to Bible school, they tell you that when you want to really understand the meaning of a thing in scriptures or you want to understand uh, the meaning, the purpose of a thing, how a thing is meant to function, they call something the law of first mention. The law of first mention. And since I've been studying the Bible, I've operated with that law and I've found that law to be true. Are you following me? Because every time a topic arises, and I want to really find out, because you see, where a thing is first mentioned in scripture will show you the original intent and the plan of God concerning that thing. Are you following me? Are you following me? For example, when the man showed up in Genesis, you will know the original plan and the intent of God for a man on planet Earth. Are you following me? He said, replenish, multiply, have dominion, glory to God. That is what he expects of man to do on planet Earth. Are you following me? The word righteousness, the first time the word righteousness also showed up in scripture. You know that word righteousness, a lot of people have messed it up because they have not considered the law first mentioned. Are you following me? Because the first time that a man was going to be called righteous in scripture, are you following me, was, was the time of Abraham. The Bible says, and Abraham was declared righteous. He was declared righteous. The word righteousness by faith showed up firstly in the life of Abraham. 
In fact, most things, when it comes to the New Testament, first showed up in the life of Abraham. Are you following? Because Abraham is the father of faith. Are you following this series? Are you following? Glory to God. If I showed up, now the word righteousness, Abraham, how did Abraham become righteous? If you want to find out the true plan and the intent of God for righteousness, you need to consider that text. Abraham was sleeping in his tent and God woke him up and said, guy, please come out. And said, look at the stars and the clouds. Can you count them? Abraham said, Lord, I can't count. There's so much. He said, okay. Then he took him to the seashore. He said, go ahead and count. And Abraham said, I can't count the sands, but the seashore. I mean, where will I even begin? He said, there are too much. And God said to him that as many as the stars in the clouds are, as many as the sands at the seashore are, he said, so shall the number of your seeds be on planet earth. Now, at that time, Abraham did not have a single child. Ishmael had not even come. Are you following me? But immediately, Abraham believed God and said, yes, I believe it's going to happen. And when God saw that, God said, ah, you mean at this level, you can believe this? Then the Bible says that act of belief was accounted to him as righteousness. It was accounted. So Abraham did not become righteous because he did or did not do something. He became righteous because he what? He believed. Are you following me? Glory to God. And that's how we of the New Testament are. Glory to God. We are the righteousness of God. Why? Because we believe. Come on, somebody raise your right hand and say, I am the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God. Because I believe. Oh, come on, say it again. I am the righteousness of God because I believe. And the Bible says, as many as are of faith, they are also sons and daughters of what? Of Abraham. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, if we will look at the word tithe, where it was first mentioned, uh, it's in Genesis chapter 14. I hope you're all there. Glory to God. Um, let me read from verse 17 to us. Um, and the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shave, that is the king's valley. After his return from the defeat of Chedolama and the kings, and the kings who were with him, then Mekusha, the king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of God, most high, possessor of heaven and the earth. And blessed be God, most high, who has delivered your enemies into what? Into your hands. And he gave him a tithe of what? Of all. Can you see that? Now in verse 21, he said, Now the kingdom of Sodom said to Abraham, Give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. And Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take nothing, nor a third from a sandal strap, that I will take anything that is yours, lest you say, I have made Abraham rich. Except only what the young men have eaten, and the portion of the men who went with me, Anna, Eskol, Mamre, let them take their what? Let them take their what? Let them take their what? Let them take their portion. Glory to God. Now, you will find out that in this place, there was an encounter between Abraham 
and the king of Salem, who was called Mekishedek. Glory to God. Abraham was returning from war. Hallelujah. He was coming back from war. And um, at this particular point in time, praise God. Hallelujah. As he was returning back from this war, uh, he had defeated several nations with few men in his household. Praise God. I said, praise God. He had defeated, you know, uh, uh, different kingdoms with the few men of his household. Now, on meeting with Melchizedek, now what happened was that Abraham gave a tithe to Melchizedek at this point. Are you following me? Now, Melchizedek wanted to bless Abraham. He wanted to release some blessings, some probably materials to Abraham. Glory to God. Which Abraham refused because he said, I'm not going to take this stuff from you. Lest it be said that by you I became rich. Are you following me? So, the portion of what Abraham was returning with from the battlefield, he divided everything into ten portions. Praise God. And he gave one portion of it. Glory to God. Everything he was coming from the battle with. Hallelujah. Now, this was the first encounter or the first place that the word tithe was mentioned. Now, there's something I want you to see. Something that is significant concerning this particular portion. Now, can I ask you this? Did Melchizedek require that Abraham give him tithe? Oh, come on, talk to me now. Did he require that he give him tithe? Was he the one that asked and said, divide everything into ten and let me have one portion? That was not how it happened. Now, whose decision was he to pay the tithe? Are you following this? Come on, we're getting somewhere with this. It was Abraham that decided that this is what I am going to do. It was not a requirement. This was the first place that the word tithe showed up. And if we're going to follow the law of first mention based on the scenario that is painted here, it means that if there are people today, are you following this? I'm going somewhere with it. If there are people today who decide that they want to still continue to pay their tithe, whose decision is it going to be? Oh, you got it. Are you following this? Are you following this? It's going to be their decision. Because the king of Salem did not require from Abraham. He did not say, divide everything and let me have a portion. Because if you don't tithe, things will be tied. He didn't use rhymes on Abraham. Are you following this? There was no rhymes on Abraham. It was Abraham's decision. And we're still going to get there. Because the New Testament believer, when it comes to giving, giving of anything is supposed to be the believer's decision. He said, let every man give as he has. Oh, we're not, we're, I, I don't want to rush this thing. <laughs> let, let's take it step by step. Praise God. So, you will find out that at this particular time, the law had not come into effect. Now, when I say the law, I'm talking about the Ten Commandments and the 632 laws that are contained in the ordinances. Because you see, when we talk about the law, we're not just talking about the Ten Commandments. There are 632 laws, apart from the Ten Commandments. And those, you see, the Ten Commandments is even simple. Praise God. I mean, it's just, uh, thou shalt not kill, obey your mother. Go and pay attention to those 632 laws. They can frustrate a man's life. Oh, you didn't hear what I just said. I said they can frustrate the life of a man. 
as in they can really, really frustrate the life of a man. Hallelujah. And that's why we don't live under the law. Because with the law comes frustration. <laughs> with the law comes frustration. You are frustrated when you live under the law. And that's why you see, when you see believers, and I know you will bear me witness, and people who are watching from their homes or from wherever you're watching will bear me witness, that when you see believers who operate under the law, I don't know about you, but I have seen it, praise God, you see a level of frustration on their faces. Oh, come and talk to me now. Oh, come and talk to me now. The believers that live under the law, the weight of the law, they are not too nice. Uh, uh, I don't know, maybe you understand what I'm talking about. They are not, they are not too nice. They are not too friendly. They don't, they don't smile a lot. Uh, do you understand what I'm talking about? When they come into this kind of atmosphere, like we had during the worship this morning, do you understand what I'm talking about? Where all of you are jumping, shouting, and screaming, you will see them so conservative, and they're looking at everybody like, I mean, why are these people like this? They, <laughs> Do you understand what I'm talking about? Because with the law comes weight. With the law comes frustration. See, oh my God. It's a yoke. I thank you. I thank you for that. It's a yoke. When you read Galatians chapter 5 verse 1, you will discover that the, when Paul was saying, stand fast in the liberty, wherewith Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. When you read from the Amplified, that yoke of bondage was termed the law. Because with the law comes a yoke. It, it, you, know, you know what they call yoke? You know what they call yoke? They yoke, they yoke, they usually yoke two animals together. So even if the, this animal wants to go this way, it cannot go. You understand? So they, they keep struggling with one another. We see with the law comes a life of struggle. Oh, are you following me? Uh, it comes that there comes a life of struggle. You're not you're not free. And the Bible says, stand fast in liberty. Oh, come and look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I've been called. Oh my god, say it like I want you to say it. I've been called to a life of liberty. Oh, say it again. I've been called to a life of liberty. Tell your neighbor, stand fast, stand fast, stand fast, stand fast, stand fast in that liberty. You need to stand fast in that liberty. So at this point in time, the law had not yet come. So what it means is that Abraham gave a tithe not out of obedience to any law. Oh my God. Is somebody following this teaching this morning? I, I know there are, there are a lot of people who are probably watching online now, praise God, and there are a lot of people who will come back and watch. In fact, I have a brother you know, who is very close to me you know, who has actually been saying a lot of stuff about church and all of that. And immediately this series began, he said he was going to pay attention and listen to everything. Praise God. So he's probably online now. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. So you find that, that it was not, it was not because there was a law that required that Abraham should do it. There was no law. He did it out of, out of, out of, out of his own decision, out of his own volition. Are you following me? He decided, he was, he was, he was, um, <laughs> do, but do you understand what I'm saying? I, I've been looking for the right words to you, I couldn't find it. <laughs> Hallelujah. There was no law that required that he did it at this point in time. Because the law did not come until after the children of Israel were out of Egypt 
and they were in the wilderness that was when the law was given to them are you following me and if you if you know the time lag or the time frame between the time that Abraham gave a tithe to Melchizedek and when the when tithe became constituted as a law should I show you should I show you God told Abraham you will have a son he didn't have a son he was 75 when God told him he didn't have Isaac until he was about a hundred are you following this now Isaac had to grow um, get married to Rebecca you know, it will have grown to a point. Praise God. Are you looking at the numbers of years? And um, Rebecca had to give back to two sons, Esau and Jacob. Are you following this? Um, the two of them, too, also had to grow up. Are you following this? Um, Jacob had to run away from the house. Are you looking at the time now? He had to run away from the house because of Esau. Stay in his father-in-law's house. Got married there. Praise God. Served his father-in-law for a long time. Praise God. Are you following this? Before he came back and met Esau. Praise God. Then him and Esau, they settled their issue. Are you following this? Then he settled down. Then he started having children. The first one, second one, third one, fourth one. Then by the twelfth one, he had Joseph. Are you looking at the time? Uh, then, you know, Joseph also grew up, praise God, uh, until he was about 17. Glory to God. Uh, are you looking at the time? Uh, he was 17. Then his brothers decided that, man, this guy, we don't like you. How can you be having these kind of dreams that you'll be a ruler over us? Then they decided that we're going to kill him. Then later they changed their mind that we what? We're going to sell him. Then they sold him to Egypt. Then he was in Egypt in the house of Potiphar. You understand what I'm saying? And he did not become between 17 when he was sold because he became the prime minister in Egypt by the age of 30. Are you following me? So, for those numbers of years, he was rolling around in Potiphar's house and in the prison for those number of years. Are you following me? Until he became 30 when he became the prime minister. Now, you know, after he became the prime minister, there were seven years of plenty. I hope you are looking at the time. Seven years of plenty. Then the seven years of famine came. Then his brothers, Jacob had to call his brothers Emmanuel Egypt because uh, food is only available in Egypt now. Then they went to Egypt. They had an encounter with Joseph. They didn't know it was Joseph. Then they went back home. Then Joseph did some trick, made them bring his younger brother, you know, and all of those stories, planted his cup inside his bag. Are, are you looking at the time? Uh, then all of those things happened. Then they said that we're going to detain, uh, I think it was Benjamin. We're going to detain Benjamin. And the brothers began to cry. Ah, our brother, the one we had before died though, and our father almost died. If you detain this one, then you know, and, oh, you know, before they went back to Jacob, and they told Jacob that Joseph was still alive, and all of them now moved to where? To Egypt. Are you still looking at the time? Yes, sir. Then they were in Egypt. And Jacob ruled, I mean, Joseph ruled until he died. And one generation, after one generation, after another generation, until the Bible says, a pharaoh arose that did not know Joseph. Now, you know what that means? That means this particular pharaoh, when Joseph was alive, they did not even give him back to him. So are you still looking at the time? Then after then, when they now made them slaves, they were now in Egypt for 430 years. Is somebody still looking at the time for me? The Lord had not yet come. Then it was after 
Moses came. Then Moses grew. <laughs> then when he was 40, he discovered that I, I should be a deliverer to these people. Then he saw an Egyptian and an Hebrew guy fighting. Then he stepped in, killed the Egyptian, thinking the Hebrew guy would be excited. Ah, Moses. Then they started carrying rumor. Before the rumor would get to Pharaoh, Moses escaped. And was in his father's in-law's house for how many years again? 40 years. Until he saw the burning bush. And God said, guy, it's time for you to now go back. And when he went back, he had to stay in Egypt for some number of days or months. Who knows? For the period of the ten plagues. Before Pharaoh would now finally agree that they can go. Is somebody still looking at the time? Then it was when after they crossed the Red Sea successfully. And they could not go back to Egypt. That God now began to deal with them concerning the issue of the law. That was when the law of Titan now came. Uh, I became maybe after like 1,000 years. <laughs> that means after the word tight showed up in Genesis 14, the word tight did not show up again until maybe 1,000 years, like you said. Or even more than 1,000 years. You were even living long. Are you following this? So, Titan now became a law. Praise God. Because now, at the point that Titan became a law, what happened was that the tithe now had a use. Now, the use of the tithe, there was, um, Aaron was appointed as the high priest. Glory to God. Uh, initially, was appointed as the mouthpiece for Moses. Because Moses was a stammerer. So whatever Moses wanted to communicate either to Pharaoh or either to the people, praise God, because Aaron was his brother, he would be more patient to listen to him, praise God. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, you can imagine, I'm, I'm sure I mean, a lot of you will have walked out this morning. If I came and I said, pray, 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 pray. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you, will have, you will have walked out of me and said, what, what, I mean, <laughs> when is this man going to finish? Praise God. Hallelujah. You know? Let, let me just digress. Some people don't know. They just know we give our tithe to church. They don't know what it's meant for. Based on what was happening at, at that time, the tithe, the Levites were not working. So, the tithe was meant to take care of the Levites who were not farming or permitted to work. Are you following this? Are you following this? Now, let me show you uh, some scriptures. Glory to God. Are you there with your Bibles? Are you there with your Bibles? Glory to God. Are you getting blessed? Are you sure? Hallelujah. Alright, open to the book of Leviticus. The book of Leviticus. The book of Leviticus. Somebody said the book of Leviticus is a very bloody book. So full of blood. You know. You're always killing turkey, killing chicken, killing cow, you know, putting the blood on the wall everywhere, you know, baiting with blood. <laughs> Hallelujah. Leviticus 27, are you there? Praise God. <laughs> you know, um, um, uh, one guy, you know, I, I preached to him and he, he got saved and he said, I want to start reading my Bible. And he said, I want to start from the book of Genesis. And read the Bible through. 
And I said, don't, don't start like that. I said, if you start like that, you will probably never finish the Bible. He said, why? I said, well, I said, you may enjoy Genesis. Because, I mean, in Genesis, you have a whole lot of stories. You know, you probably enjoy Exodus and all of that. I said, but by the time you get to Leviticus, I said, that's where most people stop reading their Bible. Praise God. Because when you begin to say, so I said, I would prefer that you start from the book of Matthew. Start from Matthew. Read down to Revelation. Then before you say you want to go back to the Old Testament. That was how I read my Bible. Glory to God. Because it would, I mean, by the time you start reading the story of Jesus and all of that, praise God, then, you know, and all of that. But then by the time you get to the letters of Paul, Paul will now begin to make reference to some things in the Old Testament and all that. you get better understanding. But by the time you get to Leviticus, praise God, a lot of people just pause. Are you there in Leviticus 27? Are you there? Glory to God. Now I'll read from verse 30. He says, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land, or of the fruit of the tree, is what? Is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. Now he says, All the tithe of lands, of, of seeds, glory to God. He said, They are called holy to the Lord. He said, if any man wants at all to redeem any of his tithes, he shall add one-fifth to it. And concerning the tithe of the head of the floor, you know, because the children of Israel were majorly farmers. Are we, are we still together? So, they even had to tithe of their, of their flock. Praise God. So, if they have a sheep that gave birth to six little sheep, praise God, they must give... I mean, you can see what these people have to go through. I mean, how do you calculate the tithe of six sheep? <laughs> will, you, will you cut one into? <laughs> Praise God. But you know, they needed to do all of that. Now, I have a friend, very, very good friend. You know, my wife knows her. You know, who has, she has a book. And you know, I, I really, I love that for that. Anyway, Praise God. She had a book where she records her tithe. And she was so dutiful about it to the point that um, if I come and I say, hey, hello, ah, oh, and I dash you, I dash her one, I, I dash her a thousand naira, you know, uh, immediately <clears throat> she will remove a hundred, she will look for a hundred naira and go and put it in that book. Are you following this? She'll go and put it there. If she, <laughs> hallelujah, if, if somebody dash her five thousand, she will remove a thousand naira and no, sorry, 500, yeah. I'm going to put it, you know, in that book. Then in case you give her maybe 10 naira, you know, you know, 10 naira is, you're supposed to drop one naira, you know, and there's no one naira. She will record it in that book that she's owing a tithe of one naira. Then <clears throat> when the money now piles up to what she can now handle as a note, maybe the, the what she's now owing. Maybe several people gave her 10, 10 naira. Do you understand? And she now has to record one naira, one naira, one naira. And the one naira is now like 20 naira. Do you understand? Then she will now look for 20 naira and put it in that book. I mean, she was that dutiful to it. Glory to God. Amen. Now, the children of Israel also had to do like that. So I'm just trying to show you that in case of the sheep, they had six. 
Praise God. They may not be able to cut one into do you understand what I'm saying? Praise God. But they have to wait maybe by the time another one they now have ten, then they can now offer one. Do you understand? They have to do, you know, a, a story just reminded me of how maybe they could be able to get around this. Praise God. But whatever came to the children of Israel, they had to give a tithe of it. And the Levi too were not working because when he says that these things are only unto the Lord, that means they are supposed to be separated and they are meant to be in the temple. And the temple is where the Levites live. Are you following me? So everything that was holy unto the Lord actually belonged to the house of God. It belonged to the temple. Are you following this? That was why when you read in Malachi and he was talking about the time, he said there is not enough meat where in my house. Are you following this? Because they were meant to be there. But you see it's interesting. Glory to God because of time. It's interesting because after they have given the tithes to the temple, out of everything that belongs to the priest, they also have to bring out the tithe of the tithes. I mean, everybody just had to tithe everything. You know, tithe your shoe, tithe your wristwatch. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, I, I asked, my, asked that my friend one time and I said, look, you know, if somebody dashes your wristwatch of maybe $1,000 or something, she would, you know, in those days, that, well, that's what you will have to do. You will have to convert that stuff into money and give it tent. Do you understand what I'm saying? Glory to God. Now, let's read some other interesting scriptures uh, just before uh, I begin to tie this up. Praise God. Uh, Deuteronomy. Let's go there. Deuteronomy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you getting blessed? Oh, I can't hear you. Are you getting blessed? Um, let's read 12. Deuteronomy 12. I, I, I really have a, quite a number of scriptures here for us to read. But because of our time, we'll just read a little. I'll do more explanation. Praise God. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy chapter 12. Are you there? Now let's read from verse 17. Or let's read from verse 15. He said, however, you may slaughter and eat meat within your gates. Whatever your heart desire, according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which has given you the unclean, and the clean may eat of it, of the gazelle and the deer alike. He said, only you shall not eat blood. <clears throat> you shall pour it on the earth like water. You may eat, you may eat within your gates the tithe of your grain, or your new wine, or your oil, of the firstborn of your head of flour, or or of any of your offerings which you vow of your free will offerings or the eve offering of your heart, but you must eat them before the lord your god in the place which the lord your god chooses you your son and your daughter your male servant and your female servant and the levites who is within in your gaze and you shall rejoice before the lord your god in all which you have put your Hands. He said, take it to yourself that you do not forsake the Levite as long as you live in what? In your land. Because the Levites were not permitted to work. But like I said, I have a whole lot of scriptures for us to go through, but because of our time. Now you will find out that the tithe was meant to be given to the temple. To take care of the Levites. Glory to God. But at some particular point in time, I think about three, three years or thereabout, there was supposed to come the year of the titan, glory to God, where in that particular year, everybody ate their tithes. Oh, are you following me? You know, this part of titan, preachers don't talk about. Praise God. Hallelujah. You eat your tithes. Now, God is going to choose a particular place 
that and say, for example, um, let me use our, our, our own day. Praise God. God says that, okay, uh, all of us in Love Domain family, this year is the year of the tithing. We're going to go to a daughter. That's where we're going to eat our tithe. Praise God. So everybody carries their tithe and they go to a daughter. The Levites will be waiting for you at a daughter. So when you get to a daughter, everybody settles down to eat their tithe. Praise God. Because most of their tithe were flocks, were sheep, and all of that. Praise God. They cook it, they do all of that. He says, now while they are eating their tithe, they should not forget what? The Levites. Because the Levites had nothing to bring. Because they do not work. Are you following me? He said they should not forget them. Praise God. In fact, oh my God, because of time. You see, if you continue to read the book of Deuteronomy about time, it will get to a point where it says that, for example, if your tithe is something that is heavy, that you cannot carry, it says convert it to money. He said when you convert it to money, when you now get to a daughter, you now use that money to buy whatever your soul desire, including wine including alcohol praise god hallelujah you whine and relax you you eat your tights you enjoy your tights hallelujah you know people have not studied their bible enough and that's why they have not discovered all of these things glory to god but you see that was the the function of the tithe under the law are you following me now the question most people now ask is okay are we as the new testament believers are we meant to be paying tithes did jesus ever talk about tithes are you following this did the apostles ever talk about tithe what are we supposed to be doing when it comes to the tithes hallelujah glory to god now let's quickly find out let's go to the book of matthew are you there matthew chapter 23 verse 23 now I, I want us to read from different translations now I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hurry this up because of our time matthew 23 now for people who if you have different translations i'd like you to open there and read for me matthew 23 verse 23 if i found it go ahead and just read from the translation that is with you message go ahead shoot he said you are hopeless you religious scholars and Pharisees, he said frauds. He said you keep meticulous account books, tightening on every nickel and dime that comes to you. He said, but on the what? Meat. That's meat of God's law. Uh huh. Things like fairness, compassion, and commitment. The absolute basics. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay, that's what it says, right? Praise God. Okay, please go to another translation. Now let me explain that to you. you know what Jesus was saying. For those of us who are using the King James, praise God, who are sons and daughters of King James, I'll read to you from King James here. He said, "What to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites?" He said, for you pay tithe of means and anise and coming, and you have neglected the weightier matters of the law. Now, what he's saying, in the message translation, you use the word bookkeeping. You know, like my friend that I was talking about. I mean, that's serious bookkeeping. Don't you think so? Come on, the traders in the house will understand what I'm talking about. Those guys, are they have their books, praise God. 
Hallelujah. You see, all of them are laughing. Those traders, eh? They keep their books. Praise God. Hallelujah. They, I mean, they record everything. They are meticulous about it. Everything. If you bless them with something, they record the title of whatever you're blessing them with. They know, okay, I'm holding this. They, they are very meticulous about it. Jesus said, you pay your tithe. You pay so much attention to it. He said, but when it comes, let me read this. He said, but you neglected the weightier matters of the law. He said, justice and mercy and faith. Now look at the way I put it in the King James here. He said, this you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Now what was Jesus saying? That means the meticulous bookkeeping and all of that that they were doing, he said they still had to do it without neglecting the others. Are you following me? Now this was the only place that Jesus talked about tithes. And if you read it carefully, you will find out that Jesus did not rule out tithes. Are you following this? He didn't rule it out. He didn't say they shouldn't do it. But he said that while they were doing it, there were some other matters which are very critical, which are fairness, love, justice, that they were neglecting. They were concerned about the tithe. They were meticulous about it. But when it comes to the other matters, they don't pay attention to it. Or oh, are you following this? I see we're talking about understanding church and money. So you will find that, that you find that, that in some churches, they pay so much attention to money matters. Or oh, are you following me? So much attention to it that they forget the weightier matters, the other weightier matters. There's no love in their midst, there's no compassion in their midst, there's no fearness in their midst. Now, you see, I'm a pastor, and, and I tell people sincerely, I, I know a lot of pastors, we pastors, let me put myself among them, praise God, we have excesses. I, I know, I know, and that's why I tell people, study the scriptures. To show yourself approved. A workman that needed not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. If you can rightly divide the word of truth. Then you will know the type or the right congregation to be in. Or are you following me? They pay attention to this money. To money, money, money. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know we had a wedding in Love's Domain yesterday. And I think it was Peace that was asking me. He said what are the requirements for a wedding in Love's Domain? And I told her. Then she was telling him about some requirements from some other churches. Praise God. You give them raw food. Praise God. Yeah. Bring, bring raw food. One bag of rice. You know. Bring all of those stuff. Then they size up your family. And they say, hi, BK. Which is a joke on you. She's, you chew everything. A big girl. Give the church 250K. Ah, you will look for it. Except you don't want to do your wedding in that church. No, that, you understand what I'm doing. Except you don't want to. <laughs> we, got, we got to a particular a burial ceremony. And they said they would not allow the corpse to enter into the church. That they would not start the burial until that family had dropped the money that the church requested of them. That they would conduct that burial. And people were happy there. I said, what kind of what, what kind of, I'm telling you, what kind of, as in, you know, people were outside. I was there also. I was there. If you don't, I mean, you know, there are some churches, if you don't have your record of tithe and all of that, they won't do your wedding. They won't do, they won't do your burial. Don't let your family go and bury you. Are you following this? 
meticulous about it. They are meticulous, but they forget about the witcher. Now, what's another translation? I said, look for amplified for me. Amplified, amplified, NIV, TLB. What to you? Oh my God, self-righteous. Uh huh. Hypocrites. Uh huh. Uh huh. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. 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 Did you see that? He said, these are primary things you ought to have done. Can somebody, there's a particular translation I'm looking for. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that's the one I'm looking for. Did you see that? He said you should what? Tight. Jesus even affirmed it. He said yes you should. But what? But do not neglect the more important things. Are you following this? So if somebody is saying did Jesus even talk about that? You know some people just come on social media and just speak without studying. Jesus spoke about tight and he did not cancel it out. He did not rule it out. He said yes you should. But you know, where it now concerns us as people of the New Testament is the fact that when we tithe, we don't tithe like men and women under the law. We tithe like Abraham. Oh, you didn't get what I just said. We don't tithe under compulsion. Are you following me? Because, listen to me, tithe, you know, just like every other given, tithe, any kind of given you do, Type is also a type of giving. Are you following me? But every giving you do, there is a process for the New Testament believer. Now, can we quickly round up? Play something for me on the keyboard. Second Corinthians chapter 9. As we bring this to a close. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 9. I'll begin to read from verse 1. He said, now concerning the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you, for I know your willingness, about which I boast of you to the Macedonians, that H.I. was ready a year ago, and your zeal steered up the majority. He said, yet I have sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this respect, that as I have said, you may be ready, lest if some Macedonians come with me and find you all unprepared. We not mentioned you should be ashamed of this confident boasting. Now, if you, if you read from some simpler translation, Paul was talking about the particular church and was saying that the way they gave, steered up other churches to also give. Have your giving steered others to give before? Or are you following? Do you understand what I'm saying? He said they are giving steered other church. When other churches heard about what they did and say, hey, church in Oshele is steered up other churches to also begin to give of their substance. Now Paul said, at this particular time, this church was meant to give and Paul had made a boast of their giving. Do you understand what I'm talking about? You know, it's like you have a, you have a child that gives to you a lot. You are a father, you have a son who gives to you a lot. Glory to God. And you now have a need. And somebody is now telling you that, ah, 
kill our one money machine. Then you now begin to say, ah, let anybody tell you, come, show the boss. Have you come out? Have you come out? To back, boy. Then you now start story. Ah, the thing can go, can go. You can go back, but I shall agree. Ah, the boss, boy. Times five, hello, send. So Paul was now writing a letter to them, letting them know ahead that there is going to be an opportunity to give, and I have made the boasting of your giving. But as in what? What did learn? Oh, Papa, eh? Toba. Ah. He says so. Don't don't fall my hand, oh. He says so. I'm writing so that you prepare yourself. Now go ahead. Let, let's let's continue to read verse five. He said, "Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time." Did you see that? And prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had promised earlier, that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. Somebody say grudging obligation. Somebody say grudging obligation. You know there are a lot of people who give their time today and they give it, they give it grudgingly. Are you following me? They give it grudgingly. They don't give it out of out of love. They give it out of the law. Oh my God, you didn't hear what I just said. I said they give their time, not out of love, but out of the law. It's compulsory, they must do it. Do you understand what I'm talking about? They are not happy doing it, but I just have to do it. They are not, oh my God. The reason why they time is not because they really love God, but because there's a promise they feel is attached to the time that says God will rebuild the devourer for your sake. So they say, for the devourer to be rebuilt, let me pay my and those are the people when calamity befalls the first thing they say they say ah and I pay my title have you have you seen them before say and I pay my title and I pay that's where their mind first goes ah when they so tight me okay no shelly and some of them backslide even at that point because they feel that God is not faithful to his word but listen to me whatsoever you do that is not born out of faith the Bible says it is sin. Oh, you don't get it. Whatever you do that is not born out of faith. And you see, faith and love works hand in hand. They work together. Are you following me? Did you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 what Paul said about love? He said, even if you offer your body to be burnt and it's not out of love, he said you have died for nothing. As in, do you understand what I'm saying? They want to kill somebody. And I say, I don't kill the person kill me instead. Paul said if they kill me and that action that I did is not because I love that person but because there's another ulterior motive somewhere. Maybe I'm thinking if they kill me my news will go around. Even though I'm dead I will become famous in death. Maybe that's why I'm doing it. He said that act you have done is nothing. That means even if you die for that person and it's out of love it's out of nothing. That means when you pay your tithe diligently and it's not out of love, you have done. Oh my God, I didn't hear somebody here. I said, You have done what? You have done nothing. He must be born out of love. He must be born out of love. And that's why he now began to read, say, Go further. In verse 6, he said, But this I say to you, he who so sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who so bountifully will also reap what? bounty. Now, that's talking about the level at which you give. He said, when you give bountifully, he said, it's going to come back to you bountifully. But when you give in bits, it's also going to come back to you in bits. 
and that's why I was sharing earlier last week if you remember that I told us that you know people of this new testament they come and they begin to cause Romans chapter 8 and they tell you that if God did not withhold his only begotten son from you what can he not freely give you you remember and I told us that seriously God has freely given to us but there are, oh my God there are still things that you do in time that when you do it heaven there's a bell that rings in heaven that makes God say everybody is doing it but this person has done something extraordinary and you will not do something extraordinary and you will get the result like others are getting Oh, are you following me? The people that came before Solomon, even David, that was said to be a man after God's own heart, would come with seven bullocks at most and make a sacrifice to God. But when Solomon showed up, he showed up with a thousand. And God said, One, one thousand. You didn't come with ten. You didn't come with twenty. You didn't come with hundred. A thousand. And the Bible says, God woke him up in the middle of the night. Time. He said, What do you want? Come on, tell me, what do you want? He gave him a blank check. The woman with, with the mites gave her all. It was a small amount of money or the smallest amount of money you can ever think of. But Jesus said that was all that she had. Jesus took notice of it. So don't you ever tell me that you do something extraordinary for God and God will just overlook it and say, oh, she, oh, she in here. Because that's what you are saying by that. That's what you are saying. Oh, she, oh, she in here. Then that means all of us can do anything anyhow then and we just we just get the same thing are you following me come on are you following me the woman with the alabaster box of oil came and broke it that was a year's wage one year she know one year somebody worked for one year without removing a dime from it and sent it to buy a box of perfume and she broke that box at the feet of jesus and was anointing his feet with that oil and remember i told us that even when it's you that have that box eh the what of that box to you can still not be as much as the what of that box to that woman because you you may be a trader you traded to buy the box you're a construction guy you built some houses to get the money for that one year are you following me you work in a bank you saved up your salary for one year i mean that's a that's a noble profession in other words you understand what i'm talking about but if i have to open my laps and sleep with several men several men one two three four five six seven eight for one whole year and save up the money to buy a box do you know how precious it will be to me ah your one year's weight cannot be as precious as that box to that woman. But she broke it at the feet of Jesus. And there was a man seated and saying, if Jesus knew what kind of a woman this woman is, he would not have allowed. And Jesus said, you don't understand that because she knows that she has been forgiven much. Uh, because she knows she has been, oh my God, she has been loved much. And that's why she's loving much. Are you following me? You know, a, a preacher said something one time. And I told us that I kind of agree with that person. The preacher said if Jesus will ever walk into any service, he will likely, where he will stand in a church service, will not be on the pastor's seat. It will be close to the offering box. Oh, you don't understand what he did in those days. When he entered into the temple, he was the offering box. He stood by. The Bible will go, don't give. Because the, the, the amount, you see, the Bible says where your treasure is, he said there your heart will be. 
I'll be told by who is what you value that you put your investment in. Uh, so Jesus will step by the offering box and begin to watch. Uh, twenty naira for the past for the past ten years. Uh, she's still giving twenty naira. Okay, uh, do you understand what I'm talking about? Because that's that's actually an equation of how much you cherish him, how much you value him. Do you understand what I'm talking about? How much you value him? How much you how much you appreciate God? Do you understand what I'm talking about? The extent to which you give is the extent to which you love. For God so loved the world that he. Oh, are you following me? So he said, if you give bountifully, you will reap bountifully. See, never forget that. Don't let people talk you out of it. Don't tell me the man who gives this and the man who gave a lot. Now, when I'm saying a lot, it, it may not be in terms of size. Because the woman who gave one might gave more than the man that gave $10 billion. Because the man that gave $10 billion had a $100 billion somewhere. Are you following me? But the woman who gave one might does he have anything left it was all she had so she dropped it to everybody looked at him it's just one might but jesus shook and said hey and you know judas was close by judas said sir say yeah did you see that judas said what are you, said, what are you talking about judas said, said that woman gave a might and said did you see the others giving plenty plenty money said you don't understand that everybody gave out of what they had but this woman came and she gave all so when i'm talking about size i'm not talking about size quantity do you understand what i'm talking about that's not what i'm talking about but when you do something extraordinary for god don't tell me that god will just look at it like he looks at others oh don't tell me that even you as a human being you won't do that you love all your children don't you love them you love all your children equally don't you love them but there's one of them that before you wake up, what if moto, what if balele, what if foshoy, what if obata, what if daddy kile majela roy, you will pay all their school fees, won't you? Come on, talk to me, won't you? You may even send all of them to the same school, and you pay ten ten billion dollars per per day in their school. You will pay for all of them. But you see that one, ah, even you as humans won't do it. And you say, God, now, now just say, eh, okay, please get this one. And when you give this way, they are all the same. Eh? It's not all the same. All the same. <laughs> it's not all the same. But look at what it says. How we should do it. In verse 7. It said, so let each one give as he proposes in his heart. And that takes us back to Genesis 14. Where we started the journey from. Abraham gave a tithe. Not out of compulsion. Melchizedek did not demand for it. He didn't request for it. He didn't use lines on him. Are you following me? He didn't use lines. He didn't use, he was not, in fact, this verse 7, I'd like somebody to read it to me from different translations. He says, so let everyone give as he proposes in his heart. He said, not grudgingly or of necessity. Did you see that word? Of necessity. It should not be mandated. It should be something you propose in your heart to do. So whatever you're releasing, it should come from your heart. Are you following me? Now what that means is that even if you say that you want to be paying your tithe, it should not be out of necessity or out of compulsion. It should come from where? From your heart. Just the same way it came from the heart of Abraham. For Abraham gave a tithe of all that very day. And it was not out of compulsion. It was not manipulated. 
and he did not give it grudgingly. Was in ah, come on, oh God. Do you understand what I'm talking about? And you know, I tell people when it comes to tithes, it's easy to pay a tithe of a hundred thousand. It's still, you know, it's, it's the, the God blesses you with ten million dollars. The Lord said, Ah, who did it? One million dollars. Who did it? That's when it becomes who did it to you. You understand what I'm talking about? Sir? Ah, who did it? One million, one million dollars. Ah, they're caught as do you understand? The court is now. But you see, that's not the way I'm playing. Either you cut it into half, or you cut it into twelve, or whatever. It must come from what? Your heart. You said for God, you have seen it. Can somebody read for some other translation as we do this to the close? NLT, please read. must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly oh, oh my God. That, that's the word I'm looking for or in response to pressure you know there are people who give out of pressure oh I don't know how to raise money if you want to raise money in any church don't call me I'm the wrongest person to call I will mess it up for you but you know some, there are some people that are anointed Oh, you, you, Pastor Kenny, you don't understand what I'm talking about. I'm telling you, you don't understand what I'm talking about. Ah, one preacher was preaching, he said, I need, I need, I need some people that will come here and give one, one million. One, one million. I will lay my hands on you and pray for you. One, one million. People came out. Then he said, there's somebody here, there's some people that, will, that they are meant to give five, five million, five, five million. But you see, I will lay hands on the one, one million. Oh yeah, then he called his peer. Oh yeah, peer, you are lost in the motor, you 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 lost in the motor, Will you not upgrade? Eh, Elisha, You get what I'm talking about? They do it. They do it subtly. Subtly. If you have not studied enough, you fall for it. If you're going to give five million, give your five million. Let it come from you. Are you following? And if it's five thousand, you have give your five thousand. You may even be giving more than the man that gave the five million, because the man that gave the five million has some hundred billions of dollars somewhere. But you out of your out of your six thousand, you are giving five thousand, and you have done more. Men may not see it, but listen, God took note of it. The Bible says God is not unfaithful to forget our labor of love. Did he not say that? He's not, un, he's not unfaithful. He won't, he, won't, he won't forget. He won't say you did it here and then. People have been doing it now before the world began. So what? Ah, he won't forget. Who. Are you following? He won't forget. And I know that we understand. We still have one more, one more class. Because this month has five songs. So we're still gonna have one more class Wednesday, then we're now up next week Sunday. Hallelujah.
But have you been blessed at all? Come on, have you been blessed at all? Have you been blessed at all? Rise up to your feet this morning if you've been blessed. And just bless the name of the Lord. Come on, just go ahead and bless the name of the Lord. Oh, just bless the name of the Lord. Just bless the name of the Lord. We've been made more than conquerors. Overcome us in this life. We've been made victorious. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. was from the stables of Love's Domain Family Assembly. Senior pastors are Pastor Banji and KG Oladipo. To reach this ministry, send a mail to lovesdomainfamily at gmail.com. Remain blessed.